Anime Pulse, episode version at all we haven't had any technical difficulties i'm your host joseph joining me today is andrew let's get to it hello <laughs> again sorry watching it <laughs> not to cut you off there yeah so um yeah that's what happens when you don't charge your headphones your computer fucks you yeah yeah any hoozles um so IRL news IRL news. Yes. Let's go. All right. So IRL news. Uh, I played uh, a little bit of uh, Fire Emblem Heroes. I got my muscular, busty daughter waifu character finally um, on the last draw of like the very last day that I could possibly get her. So yay. Mm -hmm. I have Noir now. Huzzah. She is now in my roster. And that was the last possible day. So that's pretty jammy. Yes, it was. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm very happy I got her. But it's not enough for Fire Emblem to pull me back in. I'm sorry, Fire Emblem, but yeah, you'll need a you'll need um, a bikini-clad Tharja wearing the uh, or maybe like a Hex Maniac Tharja crossover or something like that. I mean, you're doing stuff with Nintendo. You could probably do that crossover. So, yeah, they're uh, they're going if they when they go to Halloween. What about if they had a Nurse Tharja? Nurse Tharja would be okay. Like Halloween. That'd be okay. Like zombie nurse um, or something. What are the like succubus Tharja? That'd be okay. That'd be okay. Witch Tharja, like you know, like standard like sexy witch outfit. Okay, okay. Uh what if they went for absolute contrast and actually made her dress like an angel? Yes, Angel Tharja would definitely pull me back. Or even like uh Oh really? Wow. Or even like a like um a Princess Tharja. <laughs> oh my god, Princess Tharja. Yes. <laughs> So that would definitely so, that definitely have me coming back for a bit. Um, yeah. I also been playing a lot more Fates. Uh, I've been enjoying the hell out of the summer version. Um, it's super fun. They got the summer event going on right now. I've been playing nothing but the summer event. Uh, it's a very amusing. And of course, like as I said before in the part that we totally did not record, uh, there are moments <laughs> where like the uh, Miko. Fox girl will say things like, hey, you know, no matter what bath 
house you pick, there's no CG. And it's like, ho ho, game is self-aware because every otaku out there playing the game is kind of like, oh, uh, I wonder which bath scene will give me the best CG. <laughs> Wait, the fox girl just told me there's none. No! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I also like that like there's head pats in it too or like your um, mm-hmm. your technically she's a schoolmate but she becomes your servant during like these oh. missions because she's a demi servant yeah so yeah uh she'll do something that is like trying you know because she's going through those moments where it's like oh i'm his servant he's my master but at the same time he's my senpai uh it's, it's a little strange but at the same time and then like uh he'll give you like you can choose like oh give her a head pat and it's like oh yes give her all the head pats and she's like oh i i don't know what i've done to deserve this like oh i don't need anything <laughs> else other than just to pat her on the head <laughs> makes me so happy well everyone wins then she probably likes it yeah yes yeah she does she does she enjoys it um right now i'm choosing which uh which farm to basically build you get to choose between cattle sheep and chicken uh i would definitely go with chicken because i like chicken better than any of the other meat but chicken poop everywhere Mm -hmm. and their feathers aren't really useful on a deserted island uh cows have a lot of meat to them but at the same time they also take a lot of long time to raise and their milk um like it's gonna go real bad real fast on a hot island like this so yeah i decided to go with sheep because sheep have wool okay and uh, yes. uh, while it can also, you know, like you can make beds out of wool. So I was like, yeah, okay, beds. So we'll do that. Yeah. Uh, also, because, you know, they have, you know, have sheep for meat and they also have sheep's milk. So if you do want to drink milk, there you go. You got sheep's milk. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most versatile. Indeed. So I was going to mm-hmm. go with that. It's also because the Miko Fox Girl, um, She's the one who recommended that, and I was like, all right, I deserve to give you something else, because I definitely want to give her a little bit more uh, to the uh, the storyline. Because every single time you pick something, it gives you a little bit more in the sense of, like, uh, a little bit more story. So, ah. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, mm-hmm. Work has been work. There's really nothing much to say. It was kind of a slog the last couple of days on Thursday and Friday because, holy shit, it was boring as hell for the last three hours every day. Because I get through my work so early that I'm just kind of sitting around rereading news articles about, you know, what Trump did here and, oh, what foreign country did that there and, oh, what, you know, what crazy thing happened here. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, so boring. Yeah, not fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like being able to work out through my entire day, so that way by the end of the uh, day, it's like, oh shit, I gotta go in like 10 minutes, uh, time to wrap this up. It's the yeah. best when that happens. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I do like it when you get like maybe half an hour just fuck about and just like read news articles, but when you get like three plus hours, like holy shit, man, like, come on. I know we're in the middle of the summer right now and people are really not buying anything that we're, you know, delivering, but come on, man. Give me something to do. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, summer is pretty slow for a lot of different, you know. Also, like, the, the part where part of the year where there's less 
great games coming out usually as well. They always save them for the winter. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely so. agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What else? I think that's about it. Right now, my uh, my father and his fiance are tearing up the carpeting and the flooring in a uh, spare bedroom that uh, mm-hmm. we've had in this house for a while. And they, apparently, they found asbestos under the rug. So, oh, yeah, I know that's always shit. fun. Oh, that's not good. Oh God! Apparently, my right. dad decided to clean all that up without wearing a mask. So <laughs> he'll die in oh, a couple of, in a couple weeks. Oh, that's double bad shit. Yeah. I gotta check that out, maybe. He's just one of those God. kinds of guys where he's just like, asbestos, ha! And I eat asbestos for breakfast, and it's like, I don't think you do, Dad. I don't <laughs> think you do. Oh. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, so he had to clean, he had to clean that up with uh, power, uh, power washer stuff, uh, fix the, the flooring a little bit, which had a little bit of black mold on it, because that corner of the house sees a lot of water. Um, Mm -hmm. so he's, uh, putting down some matting because they're going to turn that into a workout room. I know the asbestos room will turn into a, uh, workout room. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I guess. Well, he cleaned all the asbestos Um, up, so I can't really say. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, other than that, it's been one week since you looked at me, uh, (laughs) <laughs> not really anything else going on yeah i can't can't think of anything uh major so let's get to you and community yeah pretty much uh we're gonna almost go straight into community well i don't really have much to report on my week either except for the fact that i currently i don't know if it can, if it's obvious to all but i currently feel like utter shit right now um i heard you're recovering I, uh, from a hangover Yes. Wait, I, I don't know where that came up, but yeah, yeah. I have. I yesterday I can't remember what happened between the hours of four p.m. and eleven thirty p.m. Oh, you um, got blackout drunk. So, I got blackout drunk. Apparently, um, I I was out in the city, and there were like free samples. We were handing out some free samples around this place called like the Box, and they had like cocktails and shit. And so me and my friend were just like walking by there, grabbing some free samples from both ends of the street. And then a few hours later, coming back and be like, oh, hey, what's this flavor thing? Because you know, by then they changed staff, so you could just keep taking advantage of free cocktail samples. Whilst also just like drinking copious amounts of beer. And then we went to a bar and we found a Super Nintendo there. And we were just playing um, just Super Nintendo while just drinking, again, quite a lot. I don't remember how I got home. Although, apparently, according to an app... Uh, I, I, I apparently used a travel app to find a bus, and then I apparently got home. And according to my friend, I acted normal the whole time, so that's good to know. <laughs> so I was safe, everything's fine, didn't get mugged or anything, and I have everything. You didn't wake up and and next so to any uh, strange women? <laughs> nope, none of that shit, you know. Um, I woke up on a bed, but apparently I was originally on the sofa and they had to move me to the bed. Ah. So, um, so that's, that's fine. Uh, so I got up at half eleven and I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll watch some anime. <laughs> so I watched anime before going to bed like, for propers this time. And yeah, that's about it for the week. So I'm just going to go on to community stuff. Just, yeah, right now I'm feel I'm really feeling it. And I also, I my, now my stomach hurts too because I went out to a place called Ichiba to try out some... It's apparently one of the largest, um, like... Uh, don't t- Japanese-specific food halls. Okay, don't tell me you the, ate sushi on a hangover. 
It wasn't sushi, no. They didn't go for sushi, but um, the place had bad ratings on Google, and I can see why the service was bad. I had takoyaki, okonomiyaki, oh. some skewers. Oh. Um, that sounds good. Yeah, um, those were the best parts, actually. The takoyaki and the skewers were fine, as well as like the gyoza. But what wasn't very good was there was supposed to be like this this bao dumpling thing that has like pork and stuff, uh-huh. and it was it was rancid. It was cold. They also served us some chicken wings, um, and they were cold. And also they charged us for two portions when we only or only ordered one. They said plenty of the stuff were out of stock when actually clearly we looked later they were, they had plenty. <laughs> you know, it was very unorganized. A lot of the food was cold, and some of it didn't taste very good. And now and then by the time I left my stomach felt upset and while things like the takoyaki were okay they're not the best takoyaki I've had either so hmm. you know um uh, hope you left him a bad review I can review. see why it has that rating I, I don't tend to do reviews and stuff but you know the current reviews there kind of speak for itself so you know I do that all the time oh you should definitely try it by the way queen oh was that oh yeah because you, you actually do the you, you're on a uh, one of those critic Googles. apps Oh right! Yeah, okay. I do yeah. uh, Google reviews for anything I visit. So, no matter what restaurant, store, shop it may be, if I walk into it, more than likely you're going to see a Google review in the next month. Hmm. Cool. No, that's that's a good thing to keep yourself busy doing as well. Um. Uh, I I don't think I go to enough places really to justify it for me personally. Ah. So I do more home cooking than anything else. But yeah, no, that's a good pastime to have being a critic. Food critic. Mm. It's important. Mm. It's important to give tips to everyone. But yeah, uh, apart from that, I was just gonna go to community stuff. All right. As I've checked, we have no comments worth reading. Oh. Uh, well, it's not worth reading, but it's really like the last comments we got are um past the two week threshold, so I can't even read them out. Ah. So we'll just go straight to um the forums. We just have one new post on the last topic of killers in anime, and that's by Trinity Angel zero six six six. Uh, the first character that came to mind for me was Duke Togo from the professional Golgo 13. This was the first anime I watched and loved. Golgo 13 was this badass assassin that just murdered his targets without question. And he did it so... And wait. And he did it so with fail. Without fail. I... Is what he probably oh, meant. Right, I don't know why it says yeah, grammatical error. Okay, I was like, <laughs> why would that be a cool thing about an assassin who like tries to kill people and does it with fail? All right. Okay. Yeah. No, it's good input there. That looks like a a rather oldish show, but it looks kind of interesting. So there we go. Google for teens. Duke Togo is his his uh, answer to that. So yeah. Apart from that, we can go on to the most recent topic, which is quite simply suggested by Gil Shinobi nine nine three, and that's anime characters that you would like to uh, meet. And I just added a little bit extra there, saying like, hey, you know, what would you talk to them about if if you have any anything you would, you know. Uh, our first response comes in from Yotaru Vegeta, who says, Yeah, well-realized characters like that girl who likes that boy but pretends to not to and calls them a pervert and, a pervert and an idiot, or that loud boy who thinks he's going to be the best there ever was, or that woman with the ridiculous breasts that defy physics. All laugh out louds aside, I'd probably want to meet Major Makoto Kusanagi. Uh, we could chat about the nature of existence, what it's like to be mostly a machine, but also human, and how yet another live-action movie was made out of an anime and failed to impress. <laughs> so <laughs> That's Makoto Kusanagi from Ghost in the Shell, by the way, because it didn't mention the show there, but that's anyways. So, thank you for that. Uh, next up from Zaldera, we have 
probably Kyun from the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. He seems to be to have uh, to deal with the similar problems that I have in my life, and it would be just interesting to chat with someone who just wants a normal life instead of these incredible things. Uh, instead, has these incredible things keep happening to him. So yeah, that's a suggestion from Zaldero. Although I would say that um, despite his pretenses, he's kind of tsundere because he, he acts like he wants a normal life. But as is apparent from the movie's conclusion, that's like actually he secretly really wants an exciting life actually. But you know, apart from that, I could I can imagine he has an interesting monologue. Although I, I'd worry about him being a bit like having a lack of things to say back because he's not so much of a conversationalist so much as he is a listener and a thinker. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that's a good suggestion. Uh, we got Ghoul Shinobi, 993, the guy who suggested us, coming up with... There are a lot of characters from anime for different reasons, but these are probably higher up. So first on my list is Kakashi Hatake from Naruto. He seems very interesting to me, and because he's been a shinobi for a while, he probably has some great stories. Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree. Kakashi seems like a fun guy to just kind of chill with, very easygoing, despite his kind of status. And then lastly, Enforcer Shusei Kag- Kagari from uh, Psychopaths. He seems very laid back, and being a criminal slash enforcer means he's definitely had some interesting adventures. So yeah, those are the suggestions from Shinobi. Thank you for that. Next up is Queen Inoue, who says, I would love to meet Kenshin from Ronin Kenshin. He is funny and enough of a dork to always make things interesting. Plus, his character is just so interesting that it would be an experience. Yep. I I'd also agree. He'd be kind of easy again, very laid back, easy to talk to kind of guy. So yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, next up, Rampant AI says, "Well, since Kusanagi from Gits has been mentioned already, then I'll mention my next choice. I would like to have gotten in on a conversation that takes place in Fate Slash Zero between Saber, Artoria, Iskander, and Gilgamesh concerning the nature of kingship and rule. It infuriated me how the other two uh." admonish Saber for her choices from their own standpoints and hubris. I would have loved to have added my two cents. So this is interesting uh, twist. Oh, plus I would have loved to have tried Iskander slash Ryder's excellent wine he shared at this gathering. This is an interesting unique answer because he's talking about a specific conversation that happens in the show. So yeah, thanks for that. Very good good twist on the question. Apparently he's a king himself. Uh, for that. Who's that? He's a king himself. Rampant? He wants to, yeah, he wants to talk about Rampant. other king stuff, so he, we have a king! Oh, right, yeah, you can really relate to that, yes. Oh my goodness, <laughs> yes. I didn't know we had a king. He must be the king of something. Your majesty. Well, wow, your grace is with your presence here. <laughs> um, so, and then last, uh, but not least, we have uh, Black Magic 4444, got the amount of fours correct this time. Uh, well, my first pick, I wouldn't be able to see... Because I don't have a wish that needs granting. But my second pick... Oh, by the way, that character is the the Yuko girl from uh, XXXholic. I actually asked him later, earlier on about that. But my second pick would be Dandy from Space Dandy. And teach me on, uh, and teach me on how to be a suave, cool guy in space. So, yeah. Uh, that does it for, I think, the community post. Unless I'm told to refresh. Uh, what about you, Joseph? So I could only come up with one character. Now I know I've there's a lot of OP characters out there who I love. There's video game characters that I'd like to meet and whatnot, but they don't have anime, you know, parts yet, technically. Um, yeah. But there's one character 
one character from a while back that caught my eye as a potential waifu material. And not in the sense that, like, she was psychotic or she was a yandere or anything like that. <laughs> as everyone knows, I also have a bit of a tendency to have interest in older female characters. Um, and I was honestly surprised by how old this character was. Because typically, the uh, now I'm talking about a teacher character. And when you talk about female teacher characters, all they'll be like, oh, they're in their late 20s or early 30s. And they're like, oh. I'm not married, boo-hoo. It's like, I'm, I'm also beautiful and whatnot, but no one loves me. And it's like, well, you've got plenty of life left. I mean, I'm older than you in most cases. Well, <laughs> during the anime No Rin, one yep. teacher caught my eye by the name uh... of Natsumi Becky. Oh, yes. Also know known just as mm-hmm. Becky. And mm-hmm. she's 40 years old. This wow. is a girl that looks maybe in her early 30s, maybe late 20s. Uh, of course, you know, that's the anime thing that happens to people. But this is like, I like Natsumi Becky just because everything about her, like she was visually appealing to me. She has a personality that was appealing to me. She really, really, really wants to get married, and she really, really, really wants to have a dude who's basically fawning over her all the time. Um, she is also very perverse, and the sense where she's like she wants to get pregnant now because she doesn't have much time left. And she'll do a lot of these really weird things to try to come off as more sexually appealing, where like she at one point wow. like threw a bunch of oil on her body and then recorded herself doing it. Because she thought that that'd be super sexy. And then she watched the recording later and was like, what am I doing with my life? Her voice was also excellent. Uh, it was vo- She was voiced by uh, Chiwa Saito. Um, just yes in everything. Like, uh, I think, what else has Chiwa done recently? Uh, she was... <laughs> so I think let's see here I'm looking through her list of stuff she's done here she was well, she was Infinite Stratos 2 okay Silver Spoon Photocano Blood Lad nothing really crazy sticking out Log Horizon. Yeah. She doesn't really stick out in anything when it comes to voice acting. But in any case, yeah, Natsumi Becky. I'd love to meet her, like, have a full dinner date with her, and then maybe have a date later somewhere else. No, I'm saying. Yep, I know what you're saying. (laughs) Ah, yes. Because with that kind of character, that that can be, like, something that she would love to do, where it's like, you know, you meet up with her early in the morning, you take her, you wine her, and you dine her, you bring her to, like, a nice place, you have a nice conversation with her, you talk about the real stuff that hits hard with her, and then you hit her hard later at night. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to remain a virgin uh, the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's, that's, that's good. <laughs> 
Don't give up. Never give up. <laughs> Never surrender. <laughs> yes. Gamba Ray. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, there's my character. Natsumi Becky. Okay. Cool, cool. Um, I have not... I was thinking I have no idea who I'd actually like to meet, so <laughs> I, I guess I'm going to have to pass this week. I actually don't have an answer myself at the moment. Not to hand, anyway. So, I know, kind of boring, but, you know. It's fine. <laughs> so turned off that one of our live listeners left. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, um, what a sham, he has no answer. Anyway, yeah, we can probably move on then. Okay. Well then, let's get to our industry news. And uh, for a very interesting thing, I have two, you have one. Yeah. yeah very, very strange. So weird. I guess I'll get us started here with a little bit of a cancellation notification here. So uh, a manga called Honjutsu Watashi wa Enjo Shima Shita, uh, which was Today I Went Up in Flames, was its literal translation, uh, has been canceled. <laughs> Due to online controversy. Uh, And the reason for that is this manga was a manga about a girl who likes to cause online controversies. So uh, basically the manga Mm -hmm. starred a uh, high school girl named Kaneye who's trying to become a MeTube star. And realizes (laughs) that negative feedback can lead to a lot more views on her videos and therefore, she decides to use provocative content to create controversy as a kind of marketing ploy. Um, She's like a anime female Moe Logan Paul. Yeah, so basically the Enjo in the manga's title literally means flaming up, but it also refers to the online controversies and flame wars that receive floods of comments and responses. So she's basically a high-level troll. So that's what yeah. this manga was about. It was about trolling for success. And, uh, uh-huh. uh, well, you know, it's seen as a very negative thing these days because trolls are not good. <sighs> there is no good troll out there. Yeah. If you're a troll, you do it and you're fucking, you're a horrible human being. I'll admit, I've done the a lot of trolling in my life, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not a good thing. Just don't, try not to troll. Unless, you know, you're doing it yeah. like a video game and you're trolling like an NPC character, in which case, have fun. Just troll the hell out of them. But uh, if you're mm-hmm. doing it to, like, another person, maybe keep it, you know, light-hearted. Don't try to start flame wars or, you know, incite violence or anything like that. And just be like, lol, lol, I'm just trolling, bro. <laughs> just a prank, just a prank. It's just a prank, man. Don't oh. tase me, don't tase me, yeah. bro. Just a so- just a social experiment. Yeah. Um, yeah, but either way, it's kind of sad that it actually got a whole manga, you know, closed. I mean, or cancelled because of it, though, eh? Yeah, the... Uh, kind of. On Twitter Friday, um, uh, Dogaiza's, uh the creator of the manga, basically apologized for some controversial Twitter comments that he made back in his day. So, you know, people yeah. going way back on his Twitter being like, oh, you said some derogatory things about Korean people, disparaging remarks about foreigners and criticism on people for welfare. Hmm. 
Ah, uh, going on that trend, though, I believe that's a thing these days of people getting in trouble over their Twitter history. Yeah. Luckily, I don't have a Twitter or a Facebook. Yeah. Come at me, people on the internet. You won't find shit on me. <laughs> I dare you. Yeah, it's not like I have a YouTube, or not like I have a, a podcast where I record a bunch of disparaging things <laughs> I say about women. Huh. Um, I'm no, safe. Perish you the can't thought. touch me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, apparently, yeah, it's kind of sad, too, because I did like the look of the, uh, it does look like it was going to be an all-female cast, just from, like, the page front page cover of it. Yeah. But yep, I like yep. the design. Like, the main female character's design in it is not bad. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, looked, it looked interesting enough. It looks unique enough. Um, yeah. I like how it's got an interesting hook. It's, it's a shame. Such potential. It's all... All scoring because, as Black Magic said, it got a bit too real. Yeah, so, it just like in this day and age, yeah. it's just maybe if you had come out afterwards where it was like, ha 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 ha. Remember those days? Oh man, they sucked. Or like, you know, before it, you can also do it where it's like on the precipice where it's like this is a hard hitting issue. This will be good, but not where it's like everyone's kind of like fuck trolls. They suck. Yeah, it was a different time. If it really, if this happened like years and years back, it may have been had a viability, but today, probably not. Current year argument, indeed. Hmm. So. Yes. So. That about it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, continuing in trends of how most of my articles I go through these days tends to be announcements. Um, there's now been official release dates as well as a promotional poster released for the. Made in Abyss films. If you've not been living under a rock, you've probably heard of Made in Abyss. It was one of the most popular shows that came out in 2017. Got a huge fan base. Had a short 13 episode season. Um, and got lots of awards and shit. So, in waiting for the season 2 to come out, because it is in the works, they've decided to make two compilation films. Which, honestly, a lot of the time I don't really bother with the ones where they basically compress a whole series into films. But, you know. It allows you to experience it in the theatre, I suppose, well, at least in Japan, and it's got its release dates finally come out, which means uh, the first half of the story will be Made in Abyss Journey's Dawn will be shown in theatres on January the 4th, 2019, with the sequel being Made in Abyss Wandering Twilight, which will release in January 19th soon after. Um... It's also going to apparently tease a new episode-like project. I don't, it's kind of vague the way it's addressed in this. It'll hit sometime this winter, which will be apparently some way to kind of, you know, get you enticed and, you know, still keep the hype going for when they eventually get around to releasing the second season, which will probably come out during the next year or so. Um, and then the article just goes on to explain about it, you know, what it's about. It's about an orphan girl called Rico, and there's this big chasm called the Abyss that has multiple floors. The more deep you go down you know, the more uh, uh, hard your living conditions are going to be, causing such symptoms as nausea, madness, loss of humanity, and even death. So, she goes down there after finding Mega Astro Boy and finds a letter from her mom who happens to be at the very bottom, apparently. So, she's going down there to search for her mom, knowing full well that this may be a one-way trip. That's just a brief little summary I just put together there. So, yeah. Um... If you're a fan, maybe look forward to seeing these films, or maybe you're sick of it, I don't know. Um, maybe you don't want to watch it a second time in a compressed state. It's up to you, but 
There you go. The poster's also out as well. Uh, I don't recognize half the characters on it because I only got to episode three. But yeah, that's all I got. All right. Yep. Okay, well, uh, my last piece of news here is actually a bit about uh, the game I've been playing lately, Fake Grand Order. Oh, yeah? So recently, uh, Aniplex just uh, opened up a website and announced that on uh, Sunday, Fake Grand Order is going to be seeing two animes. Uh, well, technically one anime film and one full anime. Uh, mm-hmm. Fake Grand Order Zetai Maju Sensen Babylonia will be a television anime. Uh, we'll adapt the Dainana Tokuten Zetai Maju Seisen or Sensen Babylonia, or Order VII, the absolute front line in the war against the demonic beast Babylonia, story from the game and will premiere in 2019. The other one, uh, Fate Grand Order Shinsei Entaku Ryoiki Camelot Wandering uh, Agatram, and Fate Grand Order Shinsei Entaku Ryoiki Camelot Paladin Egatem will be a two-part anime film project. We'll adapt the Dai Roku Tokuten Shinsei Entaku Ryoiki Camelot, or Order VI, the Sacred Roundtable Realm Camelot story from the game. Wow. Holy shit, Japan. Well, Come on with those titles. Seriously. <laughs> I know those names. Jesus. Rules right off the tongue, eh? Yes. Um... They did stream a short teaser video from the television anime, as well as uh, streaming an animation project announcement video to both of the projects. So we don't have any animation from the actual film itself, but A, at least we know that there is an anime on the way about the actual video game. Nice. So if I remember correctly, the Babylonia... Let's see here. Babylonia, was that the one that featured... Um... I think the Babylonia Fake Grand Order. What quest was that? Damn it. Babylonia. Okay, so Babylonia featured. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, it featured like the Gorgon, Quetzalcoatl, Jaguar Man. Interesting. Apparently that's a oh, really liked... Oh. oh, it was an event. Okay. okay, so it wasn't just a part of the campaign. Ah. This was like an event that you could get. I see. I see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I gotcha. Yeah, I'm just trying to see some of the characters from this. <laughs> oh, that's where they introduced uh, Arturia Pender, Pender Dragon, the altar version of her. So, uh-huh. I, that's not a bad version. She's pretty, pretty spicy in that version. Any hoozles? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. So yeah, there you go. I maybe I'll watch it. I'll check it out. Okay. Cool. Right. Yeah. Um, will that be like a if it's a film? Would that get previewed first, or do you think you just go straight to reviewing it if it's a movie? Um. I'd probably just do the anime. I probably wouldn't touch the movie just because I don't have much ah, okay. as much time for the movies and movies are like one shot things. I prefer things that have like 
you know, half an hour, half an hour, half an hour instead of like two hours. Yeah, it's like more manageable chunks. Yeah, gotcha. Indeed. Mm. Cool, cool. Well, fans rejoice if you're fans of the game or series, franchise, yep. whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, does it for our news. Yeah. All right. Well, then we should get into our third preview show of 2018. In a world where laughter was king. Uh, no in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no in a world? It's not that kind of movie. Yep, indeed. Blasting through this right now. Yeah, it's so... room, room. Uh, so I'll kick, I'll, uh, get us started here, and, uh, I'll get us started with Overlord, uh, season three. Yes. Yes, so, uh, the first episode of Overlord season three, if you don't know what Overlord's about, um, what rock have you been living under? But seriously, Overlord is a fantastic, uh, isekai anime about a, you know, a, a dude who gets pulled into a video game and... Uh, he was basically playing a video game and uh, on its last legs, the last day that the servers were going to be open. Kind of like if World of Warcraft were to shut down its servers. And this character, or this guy, uh, whose name was is Eins Ulgaun, he's a lich, a lich lord, and mm-hmm. uh, he's like, ah, the, the last day that I'll ever be here sitting on this throne, ruling over Nazarek. A place I built with my friends. None of them came to see it off on its last day. It's just me. And he messes around with some of the uh, other like servants who are like NPC characters. There, he's like, I'll just I'll just read over their thing and look at the treasures and inspect everything. And he's sitting there in the last hour, and all of a sudden the clock ticks over, and hey, server didn't shut down. Oh, I wonder if they extended it. Oh, let's check. And he tries to pull down the menu. It's like. Well, that's weird. The menu's not working. Let me just try to call for a mod. Oh, that's weird. I can't call for an administrator or a mod. Wait a second. Hmm. The NPCs are talking to me now. What the fuck? I'm in the game. And he realizes that he has now been pulled into this game and is now Eins Ul Gaon himself. And uh, <laughs> one of the things he did before he decided to... Uh, in a amusing bit is uh, he was reading one of the characters uh, descriptions and he edited the description for Alibedo who basically she was a bitch or, you know, kind of a slut slipped around a lot, which made sense because she's a succubus. Um, and he right. edited so that she is madly in love with him and not a bitch. <laughs> well, ah. you know, that, that turned into her to basically a Yandere character, which is awesome. I do love it. <laughs> And he's gone through a bunch yeah. of stuff, you know, exploring the world and whatnot. Season three starts out. This episode's kind of like fan service for the fans of the original novel series. Kind of like just a break from all the action and hard hitting shit that's been going on with all these characters. Um, mm-hmm. It starts out where Eins has ordered all the servants and the other floor guardians to take a break. Basically, <clears throat> just, you know, relax. And uh, 
we uh, see him practicing some of his uh, moves in front of a mirror where he's like, silence! And he's like adjusting his arm like, hmm, I wonder if it'd be better if I turn my head a little bit to the left here. and Maybe my arm up a little bit like this. Silence! Hmm, yes, that, that's good. Yes, yes, that's good. <laughs> so he's, he's practicing being the overlord. Um, then it cuts to uh, Alibeto and... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Shaltir and one of the other floor guardians, I forget her name, she's the twin character who is a girl who dresses like a boy, and she, ah. uh, Alibeto summons her bicorn, and a bicorn for everyone who doesn't know out there is the counter companion to a unicorn. A unicorn, only pure maidens can ride. A bicorn, only sluts can get on top of. Well, huh. Uh, Alibeto attempts to get on top of her bicorn and is met with some resistance, where Shaltir then pulls out a dictionary on bicorns and is basically comes to learn Alibeto's never had sex. She is a pure maiden. And Alibeto, of course, is then, you know, on the floor, like, crying because she's like, I know I'm a failure as a succubus. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, she's like, well, what about you, Shaltir? You've my... And she's like, well, with other women. <laughs> uh, so that was a little bit of an amusing part where it's kind of like, one, it confirms Alibeto is a succubus. And two, it also is, uh, it tells you that she hasn't had done the deed yet, which is also a very amusing fact for a succubus. That's the beginning of a dojin right there. <laughs> um mm. And then it cuts to, let's see here, it cuts to Ainz taking a bath, where we learn he is taking slime baths because of how hard it is to get in those nook and crannies and those rib cages and bones he's got. So uh, he lets a uh, slime just basically dissolve all the, uh, I guess, like the dirty bits that get on his bones. Creative, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, he yep. he enjoys, and then it cuts again to uh, uh, some characters working out at a martial arts area, and they're kind of just practicing trying to get stronger. The uh, the trap of the twins, the guy who dresses like a girl, he is then given a roster, um, and is told by uh, uh, basically by Eins to you know we're gonna have like a guys' night kind of thing. At the hot springs. Mm-hmm. Um, we also yeah. see uh, a little bit more about the maids who uh, hang around um, the battle maids as they are. And uh, it's going to lead eventually somewhere because I kind of did a little bit of reading up on the wiki way back when I was getting into Overlord. So I know where this is going. But uh, one of the maid characters is this uh, werewolf girl who's been tasked to look over a human village to basically protect it. And she's getting bored of doing that. Because she says there's nothing, action, no action happening. And she's kind of like a, oh, I love fighting. You know, I love punchy-punchy and stuff. And humans are amusing. But, you know, it's just not very fun just hanging around there and doing nothing all day. Yeah. Which is going to lead to a problem later on. Um, but for now, it's kind of just a jokey kind of thing. And okay. mm-hmm. then uh, we get to a part where Ein's, uh, you know, he... He's uh, going through and doing some paperwork, and uh, Alibeto's there with a, in the room with him, and also there's another maid in there. 
And he goes on this big, long-winded speech about how he cares for all the characters in uh, in Nazareth and how he loves all of them and treasures them equally. And um, this is where uh, Marie, that's the trap character. I just remembered his name. Um, he is a... He, I guess you could say he's kind of like, he definitely is a trap character because he has feelings for Eines. And uh-huh. uh, uh, he, uh, you know, is being told like, you know, I'm, you know, I treasure you and stuff like that. And then Alibeto is, of course, taking this all like, oh, I'm being treasured by Eines. She, uh, after Eines puts down uh, Marie because he had picked him up, um, jumps and is basically in the process of raping, I don't know how you can, but raping a lich. Uh, because uh. <laughs> the camera pans away to her uh, uh, straddling him and being like, you uh-huh. know, like, oh, just don't worry, this will only take a few minutes, it'll be over before you know it. <laughs> and the other two characters are just like, just watching the entire time. Because <laughs> like, none of them can do anything about pulling her off of him because she is very powerful. Basically, only he could do anything ah. about it. And then mm-hmm. the camera pulls away and it, you're kind of just left wondering, like, well, he just got raped. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it, yeah. Oh. Yeah, so... uh the episode then ends with uh, the guys' night happening. All the dudes are in the uh, hot springs taking a shower and or taking their hot springs mm-hmm. bath, washing off. And they can hear the other girls on the other side basically like, oh, is Ayn's over there? Oh, I wonder, I wish there was a peephole somewhere. And they're like, isn't that usually the other way around? Um, and then there's some kind of battle that starts happening on the girls' side. Some iron golem shows up and starts fighting them and um, Ainz oh. recognizes the Iron Golem as one of the citizens of Nazarick, and he's like, oh, we should probably go over there, though, and stop them before they destroy everything. <laughs> and that was the first episode, so it was kind of a lot of nonsensical fan service. It really doesn't do anything for the plot, but yeah, as someone who doesn't even read the novel series, I enjoyed the hell out of it. It had plenty of humor to it, um... It had mm-hmm. a lot of what I already enjoyed, just like uh, Alibeto and Shaltir butting heads over spending time with Ainz or getting pregnant by him. And Ainz yeah. uh, uh, just being like, you know, just acting as he as he normally is, where he's just like, he doesn't want to be, he has to act an overlord. So like he, you know, like practicing in front of the mirror or, or just like, trying to think of how he can better be like, yes, this this is how a king should sit. Like, he pulls his cape out and flings it up, and then he flings it behind him, and he sits down, and he's like, ha-ha, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's just like that, where it's just like, oh my god, this is awesome. And it didn't have anything to do with any action or any of the fighting that I loved from the first season, but I loved it nonetheless, and of course, I will continue watching. Yeah. I mean, given that... um... From Sons of It, season two spent a lot of time away from these main characters. Um, yeah. Having this little bit of downtime here at the start might be worth, you know, definitely like the, for. the mean, beginning yeah. of the second season focused on these lizard people that I didn't care a lick for, and yeah, yeah. it focused <laughs> a lot on them and like their struggle to like defend against Nazarek, and you know, just yeah. because like how futile that was gonna be because Crocutus shows up at one point. And it's just like, all right, fuck all of you assholes. 
Ainz owns this place now and just kills all like their high civil warriors in one strike. And it's like, yeah, that's about the way it should have gone. But in this one, it's <laughs> and we don't get any of that in the first episode. We just get all the main characters we care about enjoying a day off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty casual. Yeah. So uh, definitely yeah. continuing that. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's to be expected, actually. Because, I mean, you've come this far. Probably was going to finish it. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So... Looking forward to hearing how it goes by the end when you eventually cover it for review purposes. So Indeed. And uh, so I guess we can move along to my first preview. Yes, what you got? I suppose of the day. So my first show for every season that goes by, there's always at least one idol show uh, that always gets put up. And while I previously only tried one in this genre in the past with it, uh, not really being my thing... I felt compelled to try again now that I'm on an anime podcast, and given how pervasive these kinds of shows are, so... My first foray would be a little someone called Ongaku Shoujo, which translates to Music Girl. It's about an idol uh, group called Ongaku Shoujo, which honestly is one of the most uninspired names I have... I could actually think of, really. It's like if you have a, a group called Boy Band, or make a rhythm game where you play rock music just called Rock Band. Heyo! Anyway, Hannah Coco Chanel is a weeb from an undisclosed western country who's touring Japan with her parents for the first time. She has a love of idols, but it's under the misapprehension that idols are not some dancing music group, but weird plushies because she has her own idol that she's made herself. I don't really get how she came to that conclusion, and the anime is not very clear about it, but that's what she thinks anyways. Uh, on the same day that she's due to arrive, the titular group is holding a talent contest in order to recruit a new member that the manager hopes can turn things around as Ongaku Shoujo is considered a C-less and not particularly popular group. Now god knows why you would choose to host a talent scouting event at an airport, but eh. Anyways, while wandering off from her parents, Hanako of course comes across uh, the advertisement as well as immediately gets catches the eye of the manager guy and is brought around to meet the 11 current members of Music Girls. After the introductions that, are, that clear up her misunderstanding as to what an idol is, she watches the group perform a song and is quite moved by it. Backstage again, she demonstrates her unique ability to perfectly replicate dance routines she's just shown only once, and after endearing herself to even the most skeptic members of the group, she's convinced to participate in the contest. Meanwhile, her parents are now frantically looking for her, and her mum runs into Manager Guy, who actually appears to be an old family friend. He tells her about her family, uh, no, he tells her about her uh, daughter, uh, that she'll be performing in the uh, contest, but the mum seems noticeably concerned when she hears her daughter is supposed to be singing. Back on the stage, Hanako begins her uh, performance, and as expected, while she's a natural at dancing, her singing is pretty awful, just like a real pop star. Anyways, the girls in the band are noticeably deflated, the manager guy is shocked, and the mom's embarrassed. And that's about the episode, really. So, thoughts? Um, the music was okay, I guess, while it was on. Though I kind of forgot what they sounded like immediately after I was done, so... You know, take that as you will. Despite the first performance you see at the start looking kind of bad with those stilted 3D animated models, the rest of the dancing featured is hand-drawn and looks pretty good, the best instance of it being when Hanako uh, first dances backstage with one of the members and at the start of her solo performance at the end. The rest of the anime visually looks okay I guess, just kind of okay. 
It's bright and clean and entirely and entirely took place in an airport. The company behind this being Studio Dean, well known for their such wondrous marvels of entertainment such as Sakura Trick, Koriwa Zombie Deska, and Super Lovers. Judging the idol group as that's probably an important aspect for fans anyway, they seem pretty stock and not just in design but in personality too each representing a different archetype and having some sort of quirk. Well, at least, so, uh, at least the ones that manage to get screen time. See, I imagine this could be an issue for many shows in the idol genre, because there are so many characters straight away, there's no time to latch onto one from episode one, besides maybe Hanako. Uh, like I mentioned, the designs aren't um, bad looking, but nothing eye-catching either to me. I wasn't being smarmy when I failed to mention any of the characters' names besides Hanako, it's just that I literally can't remember any of the others as I was writing this, despite watching it twice, and my anime list was kind enough to leave the character section empty so I couldn't even fill it in without having to watch the show a third time, which, <laughs> that's not fucking happening. As, right, as of right now, um, it gives me the impression that the group is as unloved in this world as they are in their own show, but um, I'm wondering if they were purposely also making the performance costumes not look that good to communicate that the group isn't doing very well at the moment. And if it's just a staple for the genre to save the better costumes for later episodes, I don't really know. Despite there being a goal to the story, that being hoping that the group makes it big, there are no compelling character-based reasons as to why I should care. Nor are there any presented narrative stakes, really. I mean, I at least remember that one episode of Love Live I watched having something to do with, like, their school getting closed down if they don't manage to make it. I mean, you know, I didn't even like it back then, but at least that was something. That having been said, I think I did enjoy this a little more than I when I tried Love Live, as there are at least moments of animation that looked good to me, but overall it wasn't that much better. I might randomly put on an episode if, uh... I have absolutely nothing else and want an easy watch, but it's not something I'm eager to keep up with either. Uh, maybe, but you know what, maybe there's something I'm missing. Maybe I still just, I just don't get the appeal that draws so many to idol franchises. So to be sporty, I'll, ch I cho um, I'll close this off and give somebody the last word who clearly does get what these shows are about and really understands the idol shows. That being the one and only review that you can actually find on my anime list. Uh, at that moment and also they gave it a perfect 10 with their review listing 11 reasons why you should watch this show. I'll paraphrase it of course to save time but if this doesn't convince you to watch it I don't know what will. Disclaimer, I can't actually tell if this guy actually liked the show or if I'm being trolled so you be the judge. Um, <laughs> reason number one, Roro's introduction, there's a girl that has salt and she throws salt around and it gets in the guy's eyes. Apparently this is really funny and the guy describes it as, quote, epic. Number two, there's a girl with glasses, but it doesn't have lenses. However, this is only shown once in the series. Those who don't pay attention will miss it completely. As a person who uses Reddit and is really into subtle shit, which indeed cannot be called overanalyzing, I find this to be faptastic. So yeah, this is, this is when I start to question whether or not this is serious. There are six chicks who have earrings, but one of them, one of the girls appears to have some scenes without wearing hers. Unfortunately, there are no time for her to take off the earrings. As the Trope Master Pro, I have had a blast circle jerking about how this is. In fact, not a character flaw, but continuation, a con continuity error. Much like the disappearing jacket in the second worst anime series ever, Mirai Nikki. I, 
I don't know what this is. Number four, I had to change the amount of earring wearing girls four times because they just kept on coming, baby. Number five, when Obama became president, there were more watching him than Trump doing his. However, Pink Floyd surpassed Obama. Queen went past Pink Floyd, and no TV signal surpassed them all. What about Ongaka Shoujo's audience? Zero. None. Nada. Not even a single soul. I have never felt this bad in my entire life. None of the girls deserve this. You have to watch this show because I cannot be the only person who feels this way. Number six. Outside of Rora's salt scene, uh, the series contains the single most get salted insult. Now this is actually, I'm going to just interject here. This person gets it wrong. Apparently he says the idols are so um, in sync and so nice that they didn't, they, they didn't really flinch when the army and character girl didn't know that they were idols. And just said, oh, you're not idols. Because he says that they don't get, you know, they don't get provoked by this. But there was a scene in this anime where the one of the girls in the band looked that she was going to walk up to her and smack her in the face. So, um, continuity error. You, you got sloppy, whoever this is. Number seven. When the self-made stuffed animal monster toy, which is beyond cute, was introduced, no one rejected it. Unlike the horrible, horrible child in Azumanga Dial 7. Then he goes on a rant in Azumanga Dial 7. I don't know why he does this. Um, number eight. Whenever our characters close their eyes, move their hands, heads, or anything, it appears to be in perfect sync, sync like they are 11 girls doing the Dragon Ball fusion dance at the very same time. Is this the because the animation budget is also 11 yens and in generally sucks? Of course the shit not. This is visual presentation of harmony, what, uh, what being one body, one soul is all about. It's fluid and not garbage at all. Um, something, then the next one is something about the people in the audience and about how the audience is louder than the singers in the band. Number 10 is that the English is really good because when the girls counted to eight, they wrote, they said one, two, three, four, waifu, six, seven, eight, <laughs> which is, uh, yeah, I don't think waifu was five, but yeah. I knew our girls aren't just numbers. I don't get this, this one at all. And then 11, he says he lied because uh, all the former reasons are just in episode one, and there are more 11 reasons every episode that you watch. So, yeah, there you go. Maybe that'll be a reason for... If any of those reasons spoke out to you, give it a, sh a watch. But otherwise, I'm going to probably give it a pass, to be honest. <laughs> I think and he was trolling. It. You think he's trolling? Yeah, just just something about I think it. think he's just, just, you know... Yeah, I guess. He gave it the perfect 10, I suppose. Uh... Which I don't think even the fans would, so... yeah. Not I mean, even IGN so. gives a Mario game a perfect 10. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, I, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. There were some moments there that I almost felt genuine, but yeah, I, I guess... when he, As soon as it started mentioning Obama, I thought, okay, maybe this is a troll. But, yeah. It's very well disguised. Anyway. So, yeah, that's Ongaki Shoujo. It's pretty short to go over, to be honest, but... It right. is what it is. Another idol show. Alright. Well, keeping in the line with Demon Lords, I got another one here about another Demon Lord. So, uh, this one is Isekai Maoto Shoku, uh, Shoukan Shoujo no Dore Majutsu, or uh, How to Not Summon a Demon Lord. So, uh, <laughs> this one begins with... Uh, a little bit of exposition talks about a game called, uh, uh, let's see here, what was the game called? Cross Riviere. 
which is basically like the uh, MMORPG of choice for this world. Everyone in the world plays it, and everyone in the world loves it. Kind of like uh, World of Warcraft back in the day. So, it begins off with our main character talking about how he is the Demon Lord. And the Demon Lord's not an NPC, it's an actual player character who is so powerful that no one else can possibly defeat him. And, uh... We see this uh, guy sitting behind his computer, and he sees these two people come up to him to challenge him to fight. And he's like, ah, oh, they're a couple. And he puts on a ring, uh, which has the status effect of reflecting all magic. And uh, he is able to deflect all the powerful magic attacks from the couple, and then he fucking decimates them. And he's like, get wrecked, normies. That's what you get for bringing your stupid-ass couple love life into this video game. MMORPGs are life! <laughs> and then it cuts to him kind of passing out or fainting or falling asleep. And he wakes up being kissed by a elf and a cat girl. And apparently what has happened is he has been summoned into the world of Cross Riviera as the Demon Lord himself. And uh, the girls are kissing him because they're completing a ritual. The enslavement ritual where they are now his masters. However, you see, when they summoned him, he was still wearing that ring. So that means the enslavement ritual magic got reflected back upon them, and they are now both sporting a slave collar. And they are enslaved to our demon lord himself. Now, uh, the elf girl is a blonde, very, very buxom, very hungry elf girl, loves food, and also has giant tits. By the way, did I mention she has giant tits? Because they like to flash those puppies in your face every 10 seconds. Oh boy. Bouncing here and there. The cat girl, she's a bit more of a lolly character, but not like a real lolly character. She's just short, uh, kind of slender, but also, you know, cute. Too old. <laughs> yep. Uh, she's got a lot of cotton in those ears, though. So she's got that going on for her. She's got one of those cat ear things. Um. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> the, uh, two of them then decide, oh shit, we're enslaved to him now. Let's find a way to reverse this. So they go back to town where the lead, the head of the magic department or magic tower, I guess you could say, for that city shows up. And, uh, our, uh, demon lord's like, oh shit, my gamer instincts are kicking in. Why would such a prominent character be meeting with such lower tier girls like these they must be important or at least one of them must be and so the uh lolly fox or lolly cat girl um is basically called out or you know it, it, it's made important that she's the important one here and uh our main character the demon lord has taken up to referring and talking in the sense that he used to when he used to play the game. So he is very disparaging towards people. He's just like silence. You will speak when spoken to, or, you know, like, did I, did I say something that would make you laugh? You know, like, 
I will defeat all of the enemies, and you will do nothing but stand there. That kind of thing. Um, this, of course, pisses off one of the uh, mage lady's bodyguards, who's like, shut up, you plebeian, you fucking... You don't talk to her that way, and he's like, the fuck you say, bitch? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry, demon lord. Well, he, mm. of course, it does turn out that the lolly cat girl is important, as uh, he picks up lolly cat girl, takes her to the room to, quote, torture her, which uh, basically mm. just includes uh, gripping her by the ears and, like, rubbing them, which causes her to orgasm many times over, because that's a cat girl for you. They have all their uh-huh. sensitive parts in their ears and their tail. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, Everyone knows that. Yeah, and she uh, basically then spills the beans that, oh, by the way, I have the real demon lord inside of me. And it's a, it's, it's a thing that goes from mother to child kind of thing. Um, yeah, so we're trying uh-huh. to figure out a way to take the demon lord out of me without killing me. Also, without making the demon lord, you know, present in this world. And he is then like, oh, I'm not going to run away. And, she, of course, she starts crying. She's like, I'm so happy you didn't leave me. Everyone else runs away when they learn of it. And he's like, bitch, I'm a fucking demon lord. I will fuck that bitch up when she comes out of you. Ah, uh, okay. Basically what he says. He then leaves mm-hmm. for the night and lets uh, our lolly cat girl rest after her multiple orgasms. And is run into by the douchebag, who the bodyguard of that uh, mage chick from before, who is then like, I summon salamander in attack mode, and throws a crystal on the ground and summons a giant level 30 salamander, to which our guy's like, oh, level 30, oh, so weak. <laughs> and he uses, uh, he uses explosion, Elise's magic from, uh, from... The familiar of zero. Because uh, he says, explosion! And he blows a salamander up. And he's like, don't don't give me that look, salamander. I'm, I'm going to fuck you over. And then he blows it up and he turns it into a smoldering pile of molten rock. And, of course, uh, then the, the uh, bodyguard's like, oh, what are you? You're so powerful. Whoa. And he's like, I'm a fucking demon lord from another realm, bitch. And that's where the episode ends. <laughs> Uh-huh. Huh. Okay. Fair enough. Yep. So what'd you feel what do you feel? How you feeling it? I'm gonna continue it because I do like I mean I've uh I've read the manga for this and I do enjoy it. Uh, I like okay. mm-hmm. it comes off as like a mix between characters I do and I don't like. So his reactions to the girls being like close and kissy and touchy with him inside. He's like, I should enjoy it more or yes, this is awesome. But on the outside, he's like, Oh, not boobies and girls. So, okay. Yeah. Like when he was torturing the lolly cat girl and he was like, Oh, this is so great. This is like the time I played with the stray cats and gave them food. And you know, he's rubbing her ears and she's like, Oh, oh, oh," and it's like, gonna turn the music and volume down this one a little bit here yeah, <laughs> yeah just just plop on the just, headphones just a little you know? bit just a little bit lower just a bit yeah mm-hmm. and uh so but then of course he realizes the show valkyria by the way that is this much better than that show to you because it was very similar right oh you know, the other show, overlord it's no the one with the phone 
Because that was also quite similar, right? Oh, right. So I haven't started the In Another World with my smartphone yet. Oh, no, no. I mean the one you previewed. The, the one that's from this season. There was like a smartphone one. Oh, that was kind of like right. This. Valkyria. Um, yeah. It is, is definitely better, better so far. Uh, I know that one, the dude's a bit more calm, but in that one, he's a more high school dude. This one, our Demon Lord dude, looks like he's maybe 30s. Somewhere around there. Right. Mm-hmm. So he comes off as older, which I like. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. And if the manga does translate to the anime, he's going to quickly drop that, well, no, not the boobies kind of attitude and be more like, bitch, you sleep on my left, you sleep on my right. That's how it's going to be. Yeah. So you actually want him to be more assertive. It where he's really. more assertive and he's also, you know, he's not such like a dickless male where he's like, Yes, I am hard. It's called morning wood. Would either of you like to take care of it? <laughs> I would be most appreciative. Yes, and, and they end up do they end up do like do uh, being that way more towards him later on. Not to spoil anything, oh, but right. uh, our uh, our busty elf girl does have a problematic brother who's a bit of a douchebag who will show up later on, okay. and she gets saved. By our demon lord dude and the demon lord guy's like, yeah, okay, I saved you. And she's like, all right, so now we have babies, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Yep, same for Lolly Fox Girl. She gets saved, of course, in the meantime. And it's also like, well, when's the babies coming? So I do like that, where I just like where it's like, an accurate response to having your life saved, where it's like, the princess gets saved. Oh, she gives you a cake? Fuck you, Peach. You can have Bowser's dick. <laughs> I'm done. I'm gonna go save Primula oh again or something. Yeah. Or like, or it's like, oh no, Link, save me for the hundredth time. How did fucking Ganon get you again, bitch? Don't you have sheep protecting your ass? You better fucking give me something more than a pendant this time. <laughs> so I like that when it comes yeah, to that I, where it's like the princess is like yes now you will get married and we will have kids and you will be a king and it's like that makes sense I did save this fucking kingdom from destruction mm-hmm. it is that traditional medieval storytelling thing it's like the knave rescues the princess from I don't, I don't know how it goes and then Gets rewarded in some fashion, whilst uh, in the video game trophy one, kick is about all you get, really. Yeah. That's the word enough, yeah. Yeah, so, fuck cake, uh, or don't fuck the cake, <laughs> you know, instead. Don't, no, preferably not. Instead, no. fuck the princess. It's a waste of food. Because, um, you know, they, they, should, yeah. <laughs> they should be a little bit more grateful that you just saved the world from destruction for the hundredth time. Maybe, you know, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe throw yeah. a little bit away, even just, you know, even just like maybe like a handy under the table. Anyway, so we're just uh, just yeah, moving on here, just going yeah. on. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, uh, let's uh, get to what your last piece of last uh, preview okay, here sure. is. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to continue definitely re- or watching this one. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Sounds good. Can't wait to hear more about that. So, uh... The next show that I'm covering isn't necessarily an idol, an idol show, but the, it's at least a bit of a fit to the theme anyway, given that it's idol-esque elements to it, and it features an all-female cast uh, of performers, 
Uh, that show being Shoujo Star Kageki Review Starlight. Kageki apparently can mean either extreme, radical, or opera, which in this case it probably is the last one. So the title roughly means Girl Opera Review Starlight. Anyways, it starts with the MC Karen Karen's monologue about a show called Starlight that's apparently pretty fucking sick as we see the kid version of her watching it with a friend and promising one day to make it there together. They keep it kind of vague with the descriptive of what review uh, what the review actually is. Not to mention that we actually see on stage is actually future versions of the their uh, those kids as well as their classmates, so it's all kept kind of abstract. Anyway, we skip to current time and Karen is now 16 and being woken out of her bed by her roommate as she's on day duty. The camera constantly shows a young version of her and the other girl that she was sitting with, um, which will be important later on. Another later character significant detail that's here is that Karen is distinctly not herself unless she puts on her uh, crown motif hair clip that she's also shown to have been wearing in the aforementioned photo. Anyways, the two girls still manage to make it in on time and begin warming up in the gym as the rest of the female cast members enter. They all do this uh, thing where they one by one say their full names and class number uh, upon entering the floor, with text on screen as if to show uh, as if the show is eager to etch them into your memory ASAP, but it doesn't really work on me because I'm typically pretty bad with names. Uh, we get a montage of these girls doing various activities from singing, dancing, acting and playing instruments as Karen monologues about some exposition about how this is a Seychelles music academy, uh, an acclaimed all-girls school with a hundred-year history uh, that specialises in fostering theatrical talent. You're either in two groups in this uh, school, Group A working in aspects of performance, while Group B is all about stage production, so stuff like scripting, costumes, props, etc. The 99th class, which is the focus of this show, uh, is in the former category, consisting of stage girls that work together to bring the show to life, while also competing with each other on who will be the next big star. With intros out of the way, we got the various girls hanging out in different circles for lunch, when the subject of the big show comes, uh, the next big show surfaces, that being the titular show called Starlight. All the girls here have an affinity for it, with it being the first show they performed in the, at the end of their first year, and much discussion is on about who will take the leading role. Some foreshadowing of a transfer student walking to the school grounds, and now we cut to the first kind of weirdest scene here, where Karen has a dream sequence about being on top of Tokyo Tower, before being pushed off by a dark-haired girl wearing a same, the same star-themed hair clip as her childhood friend does in the photograph. She wakes up in class and there's some shots of Glasses Girl looking at her phone with a screen showing a giraffe icon and reading Auditions Day 1. Anyway, it's transfer student time and, you know, if it wasn't kind of apparent that it was going to be this person, it's Ch uh, Karen's childhood friend, now revealed to be called Hikari. And just as a side note, if you're looking to get utterly smashed, take a drink every time Karen says Hikari-chan in this episode. Karen, of course, volunteers to take her to the student dorms and is super enthused given that it's been 12 years since they parted ways. She first intends to share a room with her, but Karen's current roommate, who clearly has Yuri interest in her, objects to any competition and Hikari takes the hint and leaves. There seems to be a bit of tension between Karen and Hikari given that Hikari is pretty cold throughout this episode, although clearly has an attachment to Karen still given that she's still wearing the hair clip that the two promised that they would continue wearing since childhood. We get another sequence that's here to show that Hikari is pretty talented, excelling in all the performance classes, and surprising even the top dogs. 
it appears uh, the fact that she's previously been in the Royal Drama Academy in England isn't just for show. And now we get to the part of the show that's a bit off the wall. It starts with Karen looking for Hikari, which uh, is the sequence where you'll be drinking the most if you're actually playing along. She looks for her in her room, you know, under the pillows on the couch, obvious spots, before spotting her running towards the school. She pursues her and comes to cross an elevator, which she didn't know existed there prior, and when she enters and presses the down, uh, down button, the whole wall moves, and also replaces with an existing wall with a duplicate of the exact same thing on it. Which is kind of weird, because it's, you know, it's kind of like the rotating bookcase sort of thing. Which is, it's weird because you'd think the replacement wall would not have the elevator, because, you know, you'd kind of want to hide the existence of it, but I'm not sure what the point is. Anyway, Karen is sent down in an elevator at an extremely fast pace until she lands in the audience seats of what's a huge underground stage. Then we hear a voice that sounds kind of like Dio Brando from Jojo, though I'm not sure if it's actually him, talk about how the first editions are beginning on the stage and we see um, a pretty high-end looking production happening with Hikari and the glasses girl from earlier in full costumes having some sort of epic battle uh, also while singing. Karen looks to be uh, looks to her left, and it turns out that Dio's voice is actually coming from a giraffe, who kind of explains that what we're watching is the Starlight Review, with the best performer being awarded with the path to being the top star. We get a legitimately well animated sequence with light shows, music playing, while Hikari is fighting with a dagger against Glasses Girl, who has a bow and arrow. Of course, Glasses Girl gets the upper hand because, you know, I mean, dagger against a bow and arrow—it's a little imbalanced to say the least, but this prompts Karen to jump to the stage and then a transformation-ish sequence happens where we see all this machinery instantly craft a battle outfit for her, complete with a rapier. She enters the stage and incapacitates Glasses Girl and then she smiles down on Hikari and addresses her, but this seems to genuinely upset um, Hikari for some reason, um, ending the episode. So yeah, that was a thing. The first half of this episode felt like it was going to be pretty normal character-based drama about girls putting on a show and, you know, being theatre group-ish. But as you've heard around the second half of it, it starts to get a bit more abstract and out there with its presentation. Who knows how much of that fight scene at the end is supposed to be taken literally? Um, or, you know, like, that, that bow and arrow, a straight arrow went flying right into the audience seats and seemed to be going, like, it seemed to be real. But I don't know how much of this is supposed to be taken literally. Especially if you, you know, given the fact that there's a talking giraffe and everything, but I do think it's fitting and fresh to tell a story about school for theatrics as a theatre production in and itself. Complete with the very overdramatic actions and gestures for um, of those that fall during the battle and other neat touches. It's still not perfect from what I can tell, at least in episode one. Uh, while I do think the character characterization on display here is stronger than Ongak Shoujo, I still don't think they're breaking any ground as far as their personalities and relationships relationships with each other are concerned. I'm also a little bit on the fence as to how roughly the very real elements of the show transition and mesh with the strange stuff that happens in it. Uh, back to the positives though. Watching this straight after Ongaku, it's pretty apparent how much better the aesthetics in this show are overall. Brought to us by Kinema Citrus, the studio behind such amazing works as Gotchumon wa Usagi Deska, Yu Yushiki, Shakunetsu no Taku Musume, and the actually good Maiden Abyss. Design-wise, I would say that the characters are better looking, however slightly generic, um, though the flashy costumes kind of make up for it. Uh, if I'm watching for presentation though, this one wins hands down. The shots are well directed and are more interesting. 
And there are much more numerous instances of high-octane animation with some pretty good sequences, especially in regards to the stage fight at the end. Also, especially in writing this up, I did grow further appreciative of how much this episode was able to cover, and I do have some interest on where it's going to be going after this. So, surprisingly, decent start with this one. Suffice it to say, I'll be watching more. It's nice to sometimes be rewarded for watching something outside your comfort zone, I guess is the take-home message. Nice. Kind of like a <clears throat> two idol esque animes. Yeah, idol esque. The second one, I, you know, to be honest, it's kind of strange because you know I was, I was talking about how the first one was kind of too idly and I'm not being really that much into them. And the, I kind of think the only the reason the second one did so well was because it strayed enough away from being an idol show. It sounds <laughs> like it's more good. about music or something like that. <clears throat> yeah, it's more like a mixed theater thing, and there's like you know these fake fake fights they put on with swords and bone arrows and stuff at the end. I don't know if it's just, it's all like performance art and acted out, so, you know. It's, it's got a gimmick to it. It's got a unique little kind of selling point besides hey, we gotta put a band together. You know? So, I kind of like that. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Alrighty then. That is, uh, is episode 569, summer 2018's previews number 3. Does it for that? In the show. books. Yes, in the books. Yes. Stamp it done, close that thing, and I guess. Yeah, until next time, keep watching, keep listening, and keep the anime love strong. <laughs>